Hey, hey weirdos. And welcome to the Weirding Hour. I'm Rhea. I'm Bothwell. I'm Nina. And we're going to talk to you about some weird stuff today. Um, and we're going to do a craft as well. This week, we have not chosen to do the same craft. I'm actually keeping my craft secret till the end. So, ooh, summit to look out for. <laughs> That's very uh, exciting. <laughs> You, should, you will be excited. I fucking promise. Um, I'm already swearing. That's great. We're gonna already threatening about... us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm already threatening and you swearing. You will be excited. So just be prepared for that. Like, even if you've got to fake it and, and hide your tears. Um, so we are going to look at April 1st. I'm starting this week. And uh, I, found, I found this one a bit of a struggle. I'm not going to lie. So I've I've written a big old thing and uh, let's see how much of it I tell you about. <laughs> You're really selling it. I, I like how it's, you know, I'm excited, but am I? I don't know. It could be long. <laughs> yeah. terrible. Either also, way, I'm like, better be excited. Oh, um, oh, yes. No, you will be. Jesus Christ. Fuck. Okay, it's fine. So... <laughs> Uh, as I mentioned, I was absolutely struggling with this because uh, a lot of the things that I was finding about April 1st and April Fool's in particular were funny, awful, tragic, uh, but also really fucking short. Like lots and lots of lists that were like, OK, and then someone did this and someone did this and someone did this. And you're like, OK, cool. But what was the impact? What happened with that? What about the people who were tricked? How did it's they go like, on with their lives? Did they? Did you know? Like I don't know. I like, want a like full story. Clownless. Yeah. So um, I looked a little bit at the history of April Fools, um, and again, it's it's always quite short and quite unsatisfying. I felt yeah. so. Nobody really knows what the real origin of April Fools is. There are a few suggestions uh, and one suggestion is that it dates back to France in 1564 when the calendar was changed so originally the new year was celebrated on April 1st um, but it got changed to January 1st and the people who still celebrated April 1st as the new year were considered April fools because uh, they were behind the times and still doing old stuff. Uh, so oh. out of date. Yeah, what idiots. Oh. So they would also do something. They called them Poisson d'Avril. Did you guys hear about this? Fish so, like fish. Yeah. <laughs> literally the fish of April. So a way of tricking these April fools was to put a paper fish on their back. <laughs> oh you joker you good 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 one well no, you look like even. an absolute twat now don't you <laughs> fish on your back how humiliating oh just i would be so embarrassed uh you know oh yeah you oh fish on my back i didn't even notice oh <laughs> right well, Feel such a back. and everyone saw it oh so yeah so as far as a an origin story goes for april fools i i think it fits it's sort of generally harmless um and does involve mocking people in a sort of set traditional way which is weird right it's weird to have a set <laughs> tradition of yeah today we just like mock people and trick them and it's great you know, specifically in the UK, we're allowed to mock people or, or trick people until noon. And then if we haven't revealed the trick at noon, then we're the April Fools. <gasps> but, but no other country in the world has this. Every oh. other country is just like, yeah, we can trick you all day and possibly the days before and the days after. Ha. How, how do you guys feel about pranks? I think. I don't never very really good. Like them. Yeah, no, me neither. I think they're kind of like a dick move. I do. Well, I was just in my research. I was looking up pranks, and a lot of them you're just like, okay, it's not that funny. But yeah. no, and then sometimes the pranks can be really evil. Like there are lists of horrifically tragic pranks that ended with people dying. 
I yeah. have some of those, no spoilers. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not doing that. I was hoping someone would do it. Uh, but most pranks that we seem to be most happy with are relatively harmless, tell a bit of a lie that is then revealed afterwards. So um, the the first cases I was going to refer to uh, were sort of BBC pranks. So in the 1950s, there was the spaghetti trees, um, which was very famous and led to a lot of people phoning the station for those trees so that they could grow them. And and the thing was, the BBC had actually put at the end of the show that it was a hoax. So that's the bit I find the most interesting is that once the information goes out there, even if as you're saying it, you're saying it's a hoax, mm. loads of people are still going to think that it's a real thing, that you're putting across a real thing, particularly if it's listen. done in the media and it's done by people that are well respected. Yeah. So that's it coupled with all those things, people are more likely to accept it because they're not looking for those individuals to trick them yeah. or organisations to trick them. So that's, again, another thing that I found really interesting and will lead to what I am finally going to talk about, which I found on a website called the Museum of Hoaxes. Did you guys find that? Yes. No. It's pretty brilliant. Um and and they're quite funny because they're like um, they're not a real museum. They don't have a location, but they do have like a little hoax location on the on the website. If you <laughs> were to try and find it, they've got like hoax directions, and people have tried to find it in the past, which is really oh, they have. <laughs> because it's like, but it oh, says people. it says it's not okay. Yeah, so, people. But do you see what I'm saying? There's that dichotomy because you put something out you've made a statement people will assume that statement to be true yep yep for the most part so yeah i wondered about the motivation of hoaxes as well and these sorts of pranks but the pranks seem to be situated uh, on a lie that you've made someone else believe for a bit yeah do you know what i mean and the lie yeah. has to be silly enough that it should be obvious that it's a lie. Like looking at the spaghetti trees, everyone should have gone, no, that's that's absolutely bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But if it's conveyed with enough serious conviction by people that you respect, then you you can't really fight that sort of urge to believe them or trust. Mm. It, well, it's like taking things at face value versus yeah. actually thinking critically about it, isn't it? Yeah. Because if you think critically about the spaghetti treats, you're like, no. <laughs> Wait a minute. But that's the thing. It's kind of, it catches you before you can get to the critical thinking part. It kind of so yeah. it like diverts you because yeah. it's from someone respected. I see. Yeah. It, I see. It's sort of circumnavigating that usual part of you that would go, no, yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah. And also. The BBC think, would never lie. Well, uh, but also that kind of thing of if you're in a situation where people don't normally lie to you, you won't be expecting it. You're not yeah. thinking in every situation, oh, this person's trying to get one over on me. Yeah, it's not it's not a good way to live, is it? <laughs> no, no, it'd be a very hard way to live. Yeah. OK, so that was kind of the thing about pranks. But then in America, the pranks have kind of devolved to oh, I put a whoopee cushion on her chair. And then she made a fart noise. I mean, that is that is a great prank. <laughs> Sorry, but that is a great prank. Yeah. So the the hoax that I'm actually going to talk about is not an April first hoax. Oh, oh! Are you doing a Nina Brazil? Are you pranking us? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Just because I was the first person to completely not do a topic that we were supposed to be doing. Doesn't mean it always has to be named after me. <laughs> it, it is though, isn't it? <laughs> so this dates back to uh, December 1917. So this was a uh, article that was released on the 28th of December. So just after Christmas when everyone's going to be fucking bored. Um, so... A neglected anniversary was the article published. And the article discussed the very first 
American bathtub and how the bathtub had faced substantial public medical and legal opposition and how one was eventually installed in the White House during the administration of President Millard Fillmore. The problem was, uh, it was all bullshit. It was every single part of it, every single part of this article was rubbish. But the language it was couched in, the way it was framed, the way it was like a nice little sort of, oh, did you even know kind Mm. of article, and the time of year and all of those things combined into everyone completely believing this article. Yes, because no one's going, why would this newspaper write a bullshit article on the 28th of December? But also, why would you write a bullshit article about bathtubs? Mm. (laughs) Um, So this article was written uh, about uh, by Mencken. I've forgotten his first name. Apparently, I didn't think he needed one. Mr. Mencken. Yeah. So nothing in the history of the bathtub. Bathtub. Oh, God. Anyway. It's It's hard Hard to say words. Fuck words. words. Guys, we're recording this at 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning. We normally record it in the evening. We're all a bit hungover. Uh, Yes. Anyway, please, for, please forgive us. Please forgive us. It's going to be great. So um, he wrote, my motive was simply to have some harmless fun in war days. Um, and he said that he didn't expect anyone to take his article seriously, but his motives were hardly as innocent as he made them out to be. <sighs> so what people feel is that it was a, it was yeah, well, it was a deliberate hoax, but it was designed to test the gullibility of readers and other journalists. And basically, his hoax actually still succeeds to this day. So there are various articles, uh, various actually well-known publishers and, and newspapers who still quote parts of his article when doing like, did you know elements and things like that. You know, yeah. even quoting the the President Fillmore bathtub and the and the banning of the bathtub in America, <laughs> and it was all rubbish. It was all rubbish. And there are people who still they'll find it somewhere and go, oh yes, and then they'll have to like later do a correction corner when it's been pointed out to them that the whole thing was a hoax and continues to be. If so, it looks legit, like yeah. a legit article, I'm going to quote it. Don't believe everything you hear on this podcast because I'm not oh, checking the fucking oh, no. sources. No, I, mean, I just my want to be entertained. Is, my source is the Museum of Hoaxes, which is a website that lies about education. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, anyway. But there's a few websites actually about this history of the bathtub and talking about what Mencken did. And I think basically he just seems like the kind of dickhead who just wanted to prove that he was really smart and everyone else was stupid. Mm. Uh, he which, sounds annoying. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, and people still publish it. Um, But he, he it's in a newspaper. Yeah. He revealed that it was a hoax about um, six years later. Uh, And yeah, no, just people still continued to publish parts from his article. Because it had been as a, as going around as a fact for six years, like, yeah. information doesn't come from one source once information is put out other people use that information and spread it and then you're getting it from those sources so you're not going to go to the original source no no and know. he no, sounds I... like such a dickhead yeah really though i i mean yeah so soon i began to encounter my preposterous facts i did air quotes um in the writings of other men <laughs> The chiropractors and other such quacks coloured them for use as evidence of the stupidity of medical men. They were cited by medical men as proof of the progress of public hygiene. They got into learned journals and the transaction of learned societies. They were alluded to on the floor of Congress. The editorial writers of the land, borrowing them in toto, and without mentioning my begetting of them, began to labour them in their dull indignant way. They crossed the dreadful wastes of the North Atlantic and were discussed by horribly by English uplifters and German professors. 
finally they got into the standard works of reference and began to be taught to the young and yeah they are actually in like standard learning books so it's just it's just ridiculously harmful and i think that's kind of um what i found really interesting is that whole fake news kind of thing and the harm that fake yeah. news does yeah because it doesn't matter once it's out in the public realm yeah there are people Look, who will read yeah. it and believe it even if it's refuted even if it's consistently refuted they will get spread around yeah field and the measles mumps rubella autism yeah thing yeah. you know it's not i know that wasn't a prank well i mean <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it was, it was a hoax. It was fake. Um, yeah. But either way, you know, people cling to it, don't they? Yeah, they they yeah. cling to it, um, even though it's been refuted again and again, <laughs> so many times. Yeah. So, so I think it's been since that time. It's been in just hundreds of different publications, and uh, and I'll link a website in the description of the episode of. Uh, where they've listed every single instance where this article has been quoted um and it's it's hundreds it's ridiculous how much it has sort of become integrated into learned journals and publications well because it was put out into the world as a fact for six years yeah yeah and then he's like oh you guys are so dumb when you read have you read it Ria? have you read the paper um i did it's honestly because it was published in 1917 it's actually really dull reading yeah so i would i would almost argue that it's hard to to notice it's a parody or a hoax because it's just it's not it's not fun to read it, it <laughs> really it's so is. tedious <laughs> um, but it is linked on the museum of hoaxes so you can find it there and you can read the article but uh, genuinely it's kind of dull so I can see why they would believe it was real. Yeah, because why would you fucking bother? Well, absolutely. But that's really the end of my story, is that Mencken is, was kind of a dickhead, but that actually... He doesn't deserve a first name. No, he really doesn't. But as And his name as... does sound a little bit like a pubic wig, so... Yeah. As harm... <laughs> I mean, it's fairly low on the scale in terms of public lies that we're just supposed to accept. Mm-mm. But I think, yeah, for me, um, I feel like pranks and just publishing lies is is not a great <laughs> idea. It's not a great idea. And if you are going to do a prank that's harmless fun, it has to be so, so obvious that it's a lie. Otherwise, it's just it's just putting out misinformation that will continue. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not funny. The funny part is when you're like, how did I not realise spaghetti yeah. treats aren't real? That's, yeah. I'm so stupid for taking that at face value. Yeah. Yeah. So, Do you think that we're slightly, um, do you think mad. it's worse for us, though, given that we're kind of living in this era of misinformation and, in fact, that horrendous term, fake news? Um, you know, do you think that's what's making us even more sensitive to the fact that we know how damaging it can be when people put out opinions or jokes or whatever yeah. that are portrayed as facts that people are yeah. going to cling to? I think we're more sensitive to it now because we know how how pervasive it is. I can <laughs> because see it why... can end up being president. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. exactly. And, you know, inciting a riot and all sorts mm. of shit. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's the end for me. Uh, I just thought, yeah, I'll talk a little bit about what a hoax really is and what the point of it is and my general distaste for them. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> and the moral of the story is don't. <laughs> well, it's it's literally it's just so that you can lie and someone believes you and then you get like a little like ah, they believed me. Yeah, Which, like I'm right. You're you're stupid. It's like, but you just lied. That's not a win. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's the end. Uh, Fuzzies, yeah. cool. Well, yeah. great. Needle. Uh, it's nice to know how much you um you like April Fool's pranks because I am actually going to talk about some actual April Fool's pranks. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. Okay. Yeah. Bria hates pranks. Let's talk about some pranks. Yeah. <laughs>
And then I'll talk got... about some more pranks. <laughs> I so I I didn't know whether to do like the best April Fool's pranks or ones that ended in disaster. So I've gone for they're all from a list of the best April Fool's pranks ever. And the the list was a hundred of the best April Fool's pranks, and pretty much all of them are just fucking stupid. April Fool's pranks are never that funny. Um, yeah. But so I've just picked. Well, the first one is actually quite good um, because the people deserve it. Um, okay. And then the others are just ones that had funny quotes. <laughs> so, yeah, the first one. Um, so it was in early 1960 that it kind of started. So what happened was someone complained to a TV network about seeing a black man kissing a white woman on one of their shows. And the network was so easy not to offend people they flew an account executive to meet with the person who complained and explained that the actor was actually white, <gasps> but that a local station had accidentally broadcast the show at a higher contrast ratio than normal, making his skin appear darker than normal. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if that sounds legit or sounds like bullshit that they're just trying to say to make this person feel better about being a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... But they, there was some payback, which is why I wanted to do it, because it was great. So um, Paul, his name is Paul Krasner, who like organised it. And he was an editor for a satirical underground magazine called The Realist. And he heard about this thing happening in the early 1960s. And he was he heard about it and he was basically so outraged that they were so afraid of offending someone who was being really fucking racist. Yeah. So he desired a prank to serve as payback so um he asked his readers of his magazine to write to the network after the april 1st airing of a panel show that was called masquerade party and like the episode wasn't standout it wasn't particularly offensive like nothing really happened in it. it was just a normal episode but he asked them to write in and complain that they had been offended by something on it but not to specify what it was that had offended them Mm. And hundreds of his readers did so, and the result was a panic at the network. And reportedly, the TV executives watched the tape of the show repeatedly, desperately trying to figure out what could have offended so many people. Brilliant. Which I just really enjoyed. I was like, yep. yeah, you, like you deserve it. I'd like the thought of um, all the letters being like, I cannot believe you would broadcast an episode <laughs> like this. Honestly, I'm never going to watch your programming again. And just not ever specifying what it is. Just being so outraged that you can't even specify what it is. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and then, so there, the here are just a couple ones that had, I enjoyed the quotes with them. So 2002, Tesco ran an advert in the Sun newspaper announcing the sexual development of a genetically modified whistling carrot. So they claimed the carrots had been engineered to grow with tapered air holes in the side of them so that when they were fully cooked, the carrots would emit a 97 decibel signal indicating they were done. Now, <laughs> when your carrot's done, because that's that's like pasta, right? That's the subjective choice. Yep, 100%. And carrots uh, are done when they're still crunchy, is the answer. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Agreed, yeah. but still subjective. Um. And also a 97, de uh, 97 decibel signal is roughly equivalent to a pneumatic drill. <laughs> so um, lots of people complained. And uh, <laughs> my amazing quote here is, opponents of their carrots envisioned a nightmare scenario for future generations becoming as deaf as a post, albeit with improved vision. <laughs> Which I really enjoyed. It linked back into my... Uh, um, what did we do last week? Uh, I did carrots anyway. Carrots yeah. in the dark. Pro old wives tale. Old wives tale. Yeah. Carrots yes. in the dark. Back <laughs> and <laughs> did anyone else sing that to Islands in the carrots Islands in the Stream? This is what we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. So yeah, I not gonna lie, half tempted to just repost my um, my carrot art from last week. Craft. Oh. Carrot craft. I'm doing something <laughs> else, but I am ruining it by breathing all over it. Cool. Yeah. Stop breathing, Nina. Stop breathing and ruining everything. Uh, maybe later. Um, 
So the next one, also with a good quote, was in 1991, the London Times reported that the Department of Transport had proposed a plan to ease the congestion on the M25. Um, so the capacity of the road would be doubled by the simple technique of making the traffic on both carriageways travel in the same direction. Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, it would go clockwise. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, it would go anti-clockwise. And they reported that the plan was predicted to easily gain the cabinet's approval. However, there were a few critics. <laughs> One resident of Kent pointed out, villagers used the motorway to make shopping trips to Orpington. On some days, this will be a journey of two miles, and on others, a journey of 117 miles. <laughs> <laughs> so the last one is not a prank I've researched. I was supposed to do my homework last night, but I accidentally got drunk with my girlfriend instead. So um, <laughs> she was telling me about an April, April Fool's Day prank that happened when she was a kid. So I thought I'd tell you it. Now, I wrote this when I was drunk, so I'm torn between reading it how I wrote it or just telling you the story no really so might... how you wrote it <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it will make sense I'll I'll give some uh I'll give the background so there she said their dad always went to the rugby club on weekend nights and he wouldn't come back to like 1 or 2 a.m so she was probably like 11 or 12 at the time and her sister is two years younger than her so they were kids um, and she said it, she thought it was like 10 p.m., but it felt really late to them because they were kids. Uh, <laughs> I'll let me, th so this is how I wrote it. Each had a separate Hoover attachment, never Hoover attachment, had a Dyson, very fancy at the time, many attachments, enough <laughs> for all of us to have microphones. What? <laughs> so that's me drunken <laughs> drunkenly writing. That what they did there is it was a adorable little like family tradition they did. So when their dad was out at the club, their sister and Nat and mum would, she said, dance around the living room with Hoover attachments singing into them like they were microphones. Oh, and they called it the Hoover Groover. Well, I just that... thought it was so cute. I've got my um prop here. Oh, you're gonna <laughs> sing. No, I'm absolutely not going to sing. But she did go and get a, a Hoover attachment for me last night to show me what it looks like when you Hoover group. <laughs> and that's why it's still in the room. Um, so <laughs> they were all in the living room rocking out to As you do. Republica. Uh, <laughs> do you know Republica Drop Dead yeah. Gorgeous? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is chapter gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. And they were all having the best time, felt really late, staying up late on the weekend, doing the Hoover Groover, and they heard footsteps above. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> also how I wrote it. Uh, this is also a quote of um, my writing. All freaking out. Mum decides we have to go and confront this. There are more of us than there are of the very loud ghost, apparently. Well, yep. yeah. <laughs> so what she did, classic responsible mother move, is send up your oldest child first with an ironing board as a shield. Then the mum was in the middle with her fisticuffs as a weapon. <laughs> and then the younger sister is, is up with the enormous attachment for the hoover. So basically just the long one that you use on carpets. So they all crept upstairs together they got halfway up. Nat's in the front. She looks up the stairs and a head pops out sideways and goes, boo! She, this is the quote, shat self, dropped the ironing board and ran down the stairs. <laughs> and um, so basically once everyone had regrouped and realised it was their dad who'd come home early and snuck up the stairs, <laughs> uh, she said, you're a bastard and went to bed. Yeah, great story. Uh, he'd silently climbed up the stairs to scare a house full of women. Bants. Yeah, good, good one. <laughs> how how scarred is Nat? <laughs> I mean, she, we had a great time re retelling that story. Um, but I think honestly, I'm just more excited about the Hoover Groover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's so cute. I love hearing people's weird traditions that their like parents made up for them. But yeah, that that was it, man. April Fool's pranks, funny. Who chose this topic? Did we choose this topic? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we 
Why did we choose this topic? Because we're coming out on April Fools. It's coming out on April Fools. We will um, never do it again. Yeah. (laughs) We promise you, our devoted listeners, to never touch on this topic again because it's turd. Lee, I'm quite offended though because I thought mine were quite good, but fuck you. No, they are. They they were. It's just pranks. I just can't get on board with pranks. You know what I mean? They're just it's it's a dickhead move. Um, okay, so now I'm gonna talk about some pranks. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> I really did struggle. I I tried to be highbrow like Rhea and be like, oh, how can I talk about this? You know, maybe the history of April Fools, blah blah blah. Um, but then just got sidetracked. So people aren't in it, people are not listening to us for highbrow. <laughs> they might be. Although right, I think when I we shall I go away and do mine again. <laughs> Just can you pull out a book, a terrible book, and read us the plot instead? That will be fine. Uh, do you want me to um, tell you about Twilight? Oh God, <laughs> no! I'll I'll let Bob's do her um thing, her terrible prank stories. Cool. Okay, so I decided to get together three pranks that I just they fit the bill of weird, weird slash just not funny, <laughs> and all had really terrible consequences oh i'm so, so here for terrible consequences the first one <laughs> it's really not funny it's actually tragic so in 1896 according to the museum of hoaxes um and basically can we believe article, anything on that website this no, you story, can. yeah yeah this is this is well it's based on a news article um that lots of people have subsequently talked about so if it is a hoax and a lie lots of people are in uh, you know, have been yeah. fooled. Um, but basically, in 1896, a farmer called John Ahrens, uh, who was from Nashville, Tennessee, uh, decided it would be hilarious to disguise himself as a tramp. So he put on a white mask and he went up to his front door uh, where he knew his wife would be, his young wife, in fact, of a few months. He knocked on the door and as she opened it, he demanded that he cook her, that she cook him dinner. She promptly fainted. She promptly fainted and died within the hour. (laughs) What? Yeah, I read this one. Yeah, they had been married a couple of months, and he was completely stricken with grief and remorse after this. And according to um, the article, which was from the Des Moines Daily News, April third, eighteen ninety-six, he actually threatened to take his own life after because he couldn't really live with what he'd done. Now. Let's just talk about the prank itself. For a start, <laughs> it's shit, isn't it? Like, yeah. That's not even jump that he rang the front doorbell. <laughs> he was like, hello, a prank is coming in. Uh, wore a mask and an outfit, which was apparently so good his wife didn't recognise him. Yeah. I mean, but also, he's got to be a very sensitive person to get so scared by someone you know, someone rings the doorbell, you answer the door and there's someone there and that causes her to faint. Like, and then die. I but, mean, maybe maybe the white mask was genuinely terrifying. I don't know. But well, also, I'm picturing she, corona mask. I'm picturing like corona face mask. It's like an actual creepy mask. Oh, I yeah. don't know. I don't yeah. know. Okay, from that makes I, much more sense. From what I read in the article, and I, I don't know, Bob's might have seen different one. It looked like a plain white. You know, like yeah. a bit like an opera mask. Is it opera mask? With the big long nose. No. No, I'm that's Venetian. Yeah, like, I don't actually think an opera mask is a thing. I don't go to the opera. opera? I don't know. But you know like that play yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. The Phantom of the Opera. Like his mask, yeah. but yeah, that oh. kind of thing covering so the whole like face. A, so a creepy face plate thing. Yeah. A face plate. <laughs> okay. That is that is more scary than um a coronavirus she... mask. I suspect she had a heart defect. She's got to have had something, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. I felt yeah. so sad. I felt so sad for this story. Besides the fact that the joke was super lame, that's also <laughs> quite an embarrassing way to die, isn't it? I mean, not that I don't want to death shame her, but you it know, sounds like, a little ah. bit like you do. Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. I mean, but anyway, do it, do it. She's not prank. gonna. It just makes me think of those like awful TikTok pranks where like husbands do something really shit to their wives and then put it on TikTok and you're like, what do you, do you not love her? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you want her to be 
scared and sad and um, humiliated in public yeah, yeah. but yes. joe did joe did prank me once and i got oh. really <laughs> terrified she was a git about it actually it was after we'd got the dog and we decided <gasps> that we'd get one of those cameras um you know for when we're out so that you yeah. can see and hear him and she'd obviously put it up and at this point I was just sat in the kitchen like reading something or whatever and just heard a tiny whispered hello <laughs> and I don't know like this, this might be a generalization but for other people who work in the mental health industry sometimes you fit industry that's not the word no but mental health um <laughs> sometimes there is this fear of like I, I don't ever want these symptoms you know sometimes it just gets into your head a little bit and I was like oh god the voices <laughs> the voices are here they've arrived started, started to freak out and then Joe started laughing over this monitor oh I mean honestly that's pretty that's pretty tame yeah <laughs> and I fainted and died <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, anyway, so let's move on to weird slash terrible prank number two with terrible consequences. Um, these consequences are slightly less dire. I don't know if I should have put a trigger warning before. But so this prank takes place um, around the prestigious Lucy Cobb Institute in Georgia. And this sounded like a sort of snooty ladies school. And in 1897, <laughs> a group of said school. ladies... <laughs> said ladies, decided that it would be a hilarious prank to just play hooky for the day. So that's, uh-huh. that's, that's the measure of the hilarious prank. What I really loved about this was how it was reported in the papers, <laughs> bearing in mind that, you know, their ideas, their notions of decency and general prudishness were, were much higher. Yeah. So the story goes, um, 18 of the young ladies attending Lucy Cobb Institute slipped out on an April Fool's Day escapade just after breakfast. Um, they went through the backyard and came down into town. Some had their hats on, but some were bareheaded. <gasps> oh, girl, oh, my gosh. Seeing their hair? Too yeah. far. Yeah. All of them were evidently bent on having a good time. Oh! <laughs> and while on the business streets indulged in hallooing and talking. What's women. hallooing? Hello! Hello! Oh <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I they love were, a day of hallooing. They snuck out and said hello to people. <gasps> and <laughs> on the street, <laughs> on the business streets, I might add. Business streets are for men. Um, Guys, it gets better. They then went into Gilead's cafe and ordered Coca-Colas. Oh, (laughs) what? Can imagine? Best April Fool's Day prank I've ever heard. Right, right. Um, They also apparently went into the Williamson store. I don't know what that is. um, And chatted with the clerk. Oh, what? Okay? Distracting people from their business? Shit. Yeah. Bait yeah. and die. But basically, they uh, the story ends with them just being a bit bored, rambling about on the streets. Uh, apparently, they then got a tally-ho and took a ride. I don't know what that means, but I want to start using it as a phrase in general. Hey, Be guys. Like, I, got, uh, I got a tally-ho and take a ride. Let's do it. Tally-ho. So, <laughs> so this is where we get the consequence. <gasps> Mrs. Lipscomb, or Coombe, Lipscomb, I don't know, yeah. who was the principal of the institute, discovered their absence from their lessons, decided not to send after them, but instead sat down and wrote letters to their parents, telling them to withdraw the ladies from the school at once. Oh, my God. So they got booted. <laughs> For hallooing and being on business streets with their hair out. Yep. And she said she was very much um, affected by the incident, Um, but it constituted the first breach of discipline. This is the first time there had been a breach of discipline in the Institute and Mrs. Lipscomb was not here for it. So (laughs) so apparently she felt very kindly towards the girls involved and regretted very much that the occurrence had happened. She felt that in order to maintain the dignity of the Lucy Cobb Institute, she had to boot them out. Wow. I feel like that's that's overkill. I feel like she might be a bit of a power-hungry shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, what year was that? Sorry. 1896, I believe it was. Oh, okay. now that's not even that long ago. I know, right? And it's just the way the article is written. You know, oh, oh sorry, it's 1897. You know, there were women and they were not wearing hats and they were saying hi and drinking Coke like some sort of person with rights to move about. Bloody. You know, it's just, yeah. Bloody women not on the streets enjoying Coke. Yeah. Coke. So, Coca-Cola. That I could was... kind of see why they got expelled if they went out and did a load of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, quite. Or if they'd gone in maybe disrupting businesses or done things that had caused actual problems. Excuse me. They did disrupt a business. They uh, went yeah, into... They, they talked to the clerk. Yeah. yeah. And the that's... clerk couldn't attend to anyone else. So Honestly, that's... Could you get more disruptive than that? Dick move. I mean, without, I, just don't, without, I just don't think you can. Yeah, without a hat on, remember that they're not wearing... Yeah. Some of them aren't wearing hats at that time and as well. And also, they... They'd done some fairly aggressive hallooing. Yeah. Halloo. Halloo. <laughs> Can we start I'm not wearing that? a hat today? <laughs> and everyone's like, oh shit, don't make eye contact. <laughs> so embarrassing. Uh, Actually, this was this was America, wasn't it? So I don't know if it would have been like, hey, I'm not even wearing a hat today, big fella. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know. So the last and possibly the worst. Oh, you should have ended on that one. It was very uplifting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't, I mean, what went on to happen to those women? No education for them. Too much hallooing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They need an education for anyway, just to find a bloody husband, isn't it? So I really hope that those women, instead of kind of going back home, just went, fuck it. Should we start our own traveling women's group? They, they went on it. to become members of su- the suffragettes. Yes. And well, I hope so. Patriarchy. Yeah. It'd be nice to find out about what they did after. Because, I mean, the punishment, it doesn't really fit the crime, does it? No. Now, the next tale I'm going to tell you combines several of my favourite <laughs> things. So, uh, but it, trigger warning, it's awful. Um, what you were talking about before, Ria, in terms of pranks where it's there just seems no reason for the person being pranked to not believe what's being said this is a hundred percent one of those it also fits my terrible category because it is in no way funny it is pretty much just an inconvenience of of no humor and then the outcome of it is truly diabolical i'm pretty excited yeah hyped this up now I've hyped it up super big. So basically, there was a young man called Tom Rogers from Texas, and he thought it would be a really hilarious April Fool's joke back in 1897. Was it 1897? Yeah, it was. Um, to... They're all in 1897. They're all in the 1800s. These ones. I didn't. I didn't. I wanted to stay. I wanted to stay 19th century, apparently. Um, But he went to the local doctor's office, Dr. Mosley, and wrote an order on the slate for the doctor to travel three miles in the country to see a young lady who was critically ill. So this is the local doctor. He's got he's got a note. Please go and attend to this woman. She's very ill. Mm. Why would he think it was not anything other than, you know, a patient, a patient? So, you know, didn't think anything of it, rode out into the town didn't occur to him that it's April 1st and that somebody had pranked him. So he (laughs) travelled the three miles only to find that there was no victim there and that, in fact, he himself had been the victim of a cruel hoax. This is like an OG 999 hoax call. It's it's as hilarious as calling 999 and telling them that there's something going on when there isn't, which is zero. Telling them that there's someone, someone's dying and they need to come immediately. Yeah. It's um, it's not funny at all. So, however, however, it is entirely possible that Dr. Mosley had a slight reaction to this because when he returned, he was boiling with rage and he managed to figure out that it was Rogers who was responsible for the joke. So went to meet him and stabbed him repeatedly what? in the face, neck and body. A doctor? Yes. A psycho doctor? Um, yes. Coming to your screens this summer. Don't <laughs> pull him out. Yeah, like don't 
don't do pranks on him because uh, you'll fucking die. So, yeah, stabbing in the face and the neck and the body. And as you say, this is somebody with medical knowledge who is going to know what is going to be, you know, sort of fatal. Not that stabbing yeah. mildly would have been a, an appropriate response. Stabbing is never a response. But the thing that got me as well is how this was then put, put like sort of published in the paper such butchery was not justified by the provocation but rogers brought his punishment upon himself oh. his idiotic little joke was well calculated to provoke wrath and the man who without just cause makes his neighbor angry should stand the consequences uh, if Kaufman, which is the town they lived in, could get rid of all its foolish April Fool jokers, the community would be better off. And I do agree with the last sentence. <laughs> <laughs> but also, also if it gets rid of the psycho doctors too. It's just classic victim blaming. You know, it's almost like, well, what was he wearing? Like, yeah. it, it the reaction doesn't... does not fit the provocation. Yeah. No. Guys... <laughs> Not, not even, not even slightly. Like, not e- like, be a, be annoyed, be hacked off that you've been yeah. three miles out. But, but yeah, uh, yeah, that horse 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 is like that's not even that you did a wasted three mile journey. Mm. Yeah, death Sorry. is death is too much. <laughs> death is death is, too much. Death is one step too far. Slightly irritated. Yeah. So anyway, that was my that was my three pranks um, that I found. As you correctly noted, Nina, they're all from the 19th century. Um, I did have a little look at pranks today. And one thing that I was quite pleased to see that if you Google kind of April Fool's pranks, most of the time, the lists that they come up with are designed to be harmless. You know, they're irritations Mm. rather than... Full on, I don't know, someone in the something, yeah, face. something very mean um, to do to people. There were a couple that genuinely made me laugh, which is what I've done doodles of today because Minecraft is always going to be doodling if I have a choice. Um, so one is to attach, you know, your office chair that's got that little lever where you can adjust the height. Yeah. <laughs> one is to, to attach an air horn under that, <laughs> which just I imagined in an office space would be hilarious. Yeah, um, especially because most people don't really adjust their chairs that much once it's adjusted. Well, I think so, you, would, you do you adjust it, don't you? You take it to the full height so that they're going to they're going to adjust it. Oh, I just like and, the thought of it going off on like September fifth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when someone asks, <laughs> and then you're like shit. April Fools, and they're like, Wait, Joe no, dickhead. you're not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Cool. And then the other one was uh, candied onions. <laughs> Which is where instead of making a candied apple, you make a candied onion and give it to somebody. And that made me laugh because I thought that would taste super gross. But that could go wrong because what if someone had an allergy to onions? Lots of people do have allergies to onions. But also sometimes when you have a fresh raw onion, it can actually be kind of sweet. So that is the end of all of our tales for April Fool's. And we have all decided we're not going to do that one ever again. So that's cool. How are your crafts going? Mine's poor standard today. Not gonna lie, it's uh, it's just some doodles. You've drawn, you've drawn a chair. <laughs> you've drawn a chair. And the candied onion. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, I cheated. Yeah. And and make... I started my craft on Tuesday because <gasps> we were gonna do it then. Oh yeah, my fault. And and then I've carried on. This is gonna be insane. Oh you my god. Crocheted. You made I a sca- scarf. Yeah. That's um very pranky. What yeah, what prank is it for? <laughs> it's an April Fool's Day scarf. <laughs> it's slightly too warm to wear this. <laughs> um yeah, well Will keeps telling me that I need to make it wider, but of course it's too late. It was he talking about the scarf? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Gross. Uh, but yeah, that no, so I, I, there is. That is, yeah, that is gross. Can you I cut that, please? No. So there we go. Um, I was going to crochet some flowers, but uh, I didn't have a chance to learn that. So uh, I just continued to crochet a scarf. So there we go. That's my craft for for this week. I learned to crochet. Nice and um, relevant. So, um, if you guys have been crafting along. 
Um, please, please send us your pictures, hashtag them. We want to see. Uh, we have seen some amazing artwork. Um, we want to see more, though. Yeah, we've seen some incredible lino cuts. Yeah. Of uh, images from manuscripts that are penis tree. Yeah, dodgy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, monks being dragged around by the penis by yeah. nuns. And you know? how you take your monk for a walk. Please well, do. Please don't feel self-conscious. Remember, I am here to set the bar incredibly low. I have doodled a chair today and a lollipop. So... I feel the need to clarify that the idea of doing crafts while we podcast was actually Bothwell's idea. So um, she doesn't really have any <laughs> excuse, to be honest. I like doodling, though. It's a it's a relaxing thing. No, it is Some nice. of the crafts we do are less relaxing because I'm worried about it. Mm. Yeah. Charcoal. I've got to say, guys, crocheting whilst uh, doing the podcast is very relaxing. Crocheting whilst doing yeah. anything. I do want to try crochet. Very relaxing because it's literally just the same action over and over again forever. And then you get a lovely scarf. I don't know if I'd be able to crochet because normally I try to tie the artwork into what we're talking about. And I don't know how I'd crochet. <laughs> Well, I mean, Rhea, Rhea hasn't, so don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've very much not linked Shade. it. Um, I have done what what we did last week, quilling, because I found that really relaxing and fun. Oh, nice. Um, what did you make? I... Another carrot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just the same. I'm just going to send you a photo of the same one. So it's I'm trying to make a, a jester, but it's upside down. Oh, cool. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, Jester is also forever. very creepy. Controversial yet brave. <laughs> Thanks. Right, shall we wrap this shit up? Let's do it. So, guys, thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends about it. Get them to have a listen. Um, I am excited um, to hear about what we'll be doing next session. Not Why that I know. It? Why are you saying it like that? Uh, wink, Not that we wink. already picked it out of the sock hat. Yeah. Um, so we are doing theme parks. Yes, theme parks. And by that, you can inter- we're allowed to interpret it in whichever way we like. So I think you can expect some bonkers theme parks that already exist, some theme park disasters. Just, just here for the theme park action. Come and listen. We're excited. Yeah. Kill. Okay, so all that's left to do is for us to say sources for each episode can be found in the episode description. (laughs) Every time. Uh, And also, thanks for listening. listening, Thanks for listening, weirdos. Okay, love you. Bye.